This is Tani Talks Radio, the year where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. Of course, everyone should have a tzach, everyone, Yeshua, and Rafu everywhere, but specifically the shear should be in the merit of the safe and healthy return of all the captives, for the Rafu shalema of all of the injured and sick, and for the safety, protection, and success of all the soldiers and all our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. You can listen to us, same time, same place, God willing, every week on the app or on the live stream. You could also listen to us on all podcast forums, Tani Talks Radio, usually around 40 or 45 minutes or so about a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. You could also listen to us on the other shiurim on Tani Talks Daf, a minute on the Daf, Tani Talks OT, the OTMM this season around a minute as well. Tani Talks Parsha, usually around 5 to 10 minutes about the Parsha of the week. And Tani Talks Perkevos, usually roughly weekly now, a Mishnah per episode. And of course, here, you can listen to all previous episodes on podcast forums. So let's talk a little bit about going above and beyond. Throughout this war, we have seen many individuals, we've talked about many times in different Ashirim and different lectures, many different people going above and beyond. But it's a very interesting thing to think about the idea that in life, not just in wartime, not just in Israel, but around the world, and not just Jewish-related, but in general, in life, it's good to go above and beyond. Are you a strict follower, or do you go beyond the pale? Are you someone who sticks to the exact parameters, or do you go a little bit above and beyond? It's wonderful to do mitzvahs. We should all do them as much as possible all the time. But how do we do the mitzvahs? How do we help people? Do we do the bare necessities, the bare minimum, or do we push ourselves to be holders of the attribute of chasidut, chasidus, or a chasid who strives to do more, to go above and beyond, and give generously and involve ourselves in going beyond the letter of the law, lifnei meshuras hadin. Beyond the letter of the law applies in many different ways. Going above and beyond can happen in many different practical applications. Could also be thought of thinking about the spirit of the law, not just the law itself. For example, the law may say 10% to tzedakah, but to go beyond the letter of the law to give 11 or 12% acting above and beyond if you're able to and being extra generous. If you're going to do something for someone else, make sure to go the whole way, all the way to go above and beyond. For example, if you're cooking for someone, just don't give them the chicken potatoes you wrote on the perfect potluck or the Take the Memory website. Go above and beyond. Make sure to give them what you can within your means. Try to be a little bit above and beyond. Think about our fruit bowls, cutlery, cups, bowls, plates, drink, and side dishes. Side dishes, not kishkas. Don't make your kishkas crazy, but think about going above and beyond. Side dishes the kids will like too. Trust me, they'll be so thankful and happy to have all taken care of at once, which I have personally have been told on more than one occasion. You can never go wrong going above and beyond. Going going beyond the letter of the law for other people and Hashem. In addition, what can we do in our lives to go above and beyond to help those around us, to give to those around us, to make the world better for those around us? For me, it's pushing myself above and beyond my day job, my own learning to try to share with others in my audio podcast forms or side projects, which hopefully can help others. You can take your talent and use it beyond whatever you do for the day job and other passion projects on the side, taking what you can to contribute to the world. What can you do to utilize your passion, your strengths, your talents, and your abilities and capabilities to go beyond the letter of the law, to go above and beyond to help those around you. 
We must go above and beyond for everyone around us, especially for our spouses and kids. What can we do to better help out around the house and for the kids? What can we do to prioritize our spouse and kids? How can we go beyond for the spouses and kids? For example, if your wife wants to eat out and have delivery brought to you, don't just let her get one tiny appetizer. Let her get everything and anything she wants. Think about how we could go above and beyond for others. Can we send food packages or money to others? Think about those alone for difficult times of the year, especially holidays. Maybe send them pre-made food or the like for Pesach, Meshach, Most, others who may be home alone. How can we go above and beyond to become thoughtful and think of others? Beyond the minimum, that should only be the starting point to help those around us which should only be the starting point. You can try to live a, a life of lifnei meshuras hadin, in some tiny ways, in some ways, on some days. If you can throw a party for someone else, instead of one gift, one small thing, think about a few small tchotchkes that could be cute, that can contribute in different ways, that can help them feel cared for. Go above and beyond the strict minimum. Think about to do so in such a way for all the days. Torah.org points out with author Rabbi Yisrael Siner, C-I-N-E-R, when we look at Parshas Ve'ezchanan much later in the year, here we are in winter 2023, when we look at Parshas Ve'ezchanan, it begins with Moshe pleading with Hashem to allow him to enter Eretz Yisrael, to allow him to enter Israel, and continues with Moshe's admonitions and exhortations to the Jews, to the Bnei Yisrael, to follow the Torah's instructions. Carefully adhere to the mitzvahs of Hashem, your God, and the Eidos, the testimonies, and the chukim, the laws, beyond our understanding that He has commanded you, do that which is straight, which is good in the eyes of Hashem, in order that He will give you good and you will come and inherit the good land that He promised your forefathers. The Ramban Nachmanides offers two explanations of these verses, the Psukim. The simple understanding is that Moshe forced, exhorted us to fulfill the mitzvahs. He then told us that our intentions when doing the mitzvahs should be solely to do that which is straight and good in the eyes of Hashem. By our doing what is good in Hashem's eyes, He will return good to us. But Nachmanides Ramban then offers a different explanation. In the first passage, in the first verse, Moshe cautioned us to fulfill the missiles that we had already been commanded. Moshe then commanded us Hashem, to do the straight and good in the eyes of Hashem, even that of Hashem. Even that which you have not been commanded, see what is good and is straight in the eyes of Hashem. And do it. Act in a way which is the name Meshur Sadin, beyond the letter of the law, within the line of the law. The following story is told about the saintly Rav Zalman of Vilna. One person approached another on the eve of Yom Kippur to ask for forgiveness. He refused, citing the law that you are not obligated to forgive someone who slandered you. Rav Zalman, a young boy at the time, turned to the person who had refused to forgive. Chazal teach that Yerushalayim was destroyed only because they decided their laws beyond, based on the strict law of the Torah. Excuse me, based on the strict law of the Torah. At first glance, this seems strange, very strange. The prophet Yechazkel enumerates many very serious sins that are being committed. How can the destruction be ascribed to not acting with Neimashur Sadin? 
Perhaps it can be explained in the following way. True, many very serious sins were being committed. However, as long as we weren't holding others to the letter of the law, Hashem didn't hold us to the letter of the law. Once we refused to treat others in the manner of Sadin, Hashem was no longer willing to treat us in that way. That strict accounting that he held B'nai Israel to directly led to the Chorban, the destruction of Yerushalayim. Solomon's brilliant and insightful words found their mark. He immediately rushed back to his friend and forgave him for what he had done to him. When we learn to live such a life, going above and beyond, being generous for everyone around us, Hashem in turn acts that way toward us as well, and the whole world benefits as well. The whole world benefits going when we learn to live such a life, the whole world can benefit. MyJewishLearning.com points out with author Rabbi David Mosvas, M-O-S-V-A-S. The story is told of a poor man who came to the Briskorov on Erev Pesach, the day before Passover, Pesach, with a question. Could he use milk instead of wine for the four cups, instead of wine for the four cups at the Seder? The Briskorov didn't reply. Instead, he took five rubles from his pocket and gave them to the man. The Rav's wife wondered why he had given the man so much money. Wouldn't one ruble have been enough for wine, she asked? True, the Biskorov answered, but if he was planning on drinking milk throughout the Seder, that means he had no money for meat either. I gave him enough for both wine and for meat. The Briskorov combined keen perception with adherence to the spirit of the law, for though he could have answered the poor man's question, he went the extra mile to ensure that the poor man would fulfill the mitzvahs, the commandments of Pesach as well, as enjoy its festive spirit. A similar precept is encapsulated, is found in the verse in the Pasuk, You shall be holy, for I, your God, Hashem, am holy. It is possible the Ramban, Nachmanis, comments for a person to keep the letter of the law while violating its spirit, thus becoming a novel bershusa Torah, God forbid, a degenerate within the confines of the Torah. The Torah commands us to be holy, to sanctify ourselves even in those circumstances that are permitted according to the strict interpretation of the law. You shall be holy tells us to take a step back in order to uphold the spirit of the law. It tells us that even though a certain act seems permitted, we must nevertheless demonstrate self-restraint to prevent the spirit of the law from being violated. In doing so, we become holy. At the same time, you shall do that which is right and good tells us to take a step forward in order to promote the spirit of the law. Though we may find ourselves in situations where we feel we can sit back and not get involved, the spirit of the Torah demands that we take initiative and get involved. The Talmud states that Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, was destroyed because her inhabitants failed to raise their standard of behavior above the letter of the law. If we learn to have such sensitivity to do for others and think for others to go above and beyond and be so generous for others, especially spouses, kids, and the like, the whole world would be a more peaceful and compassionate place. Rabbi Geffen, Rabbi Yehonasan Geffen points out on Ish, the verse, the Pasuk, and you will do that which is right and good in the eyes of Hashem, so you will do good to you, and you will come and inherit the land that God promised to give your forefathers, which we have been talking about. The commentators write that this verse, which appears towards the end of the Torah portion, is the source for the principle of Lifnei Meshur Sadin, going beyond the letter of the law, as we have spoken about. This teaches us of the necessity to avoid being medactic, exacting in matters of law, and to be mevater, forgiving, 
what is rightfully ours in certain situations. Example of, examples of this are when a person finds a lost object that halachically he, legally he is allowed to keep, but he knows the identity of the original owner. The rabbis tell us that even though it is technically permitted to keep the object, he should nonetheless give it back. Another example is when a piece of property is for sale. The prospective buyer should give precedence to the person who lives next to that property because he stands to gain the most by buying this particular property. In truth, however, there are numerous instances where one should go beyond the letter of the law. The Ramban Nachmanis writes that the Torah did not want to explicitly state them all. Rather, we should learn from this verse, this Pasuk, that we must constantly strive to treat people in an understanding fashion and avoid always treating them according to the strict letter of the law. It seems that failure to treat people beyond the letter of the law reflects a deep flaw in a person's attitude to serving God, to serving Hashem. Rav Yisrael Berkowitz explains, based on the Ramban, Nachmanis on this verse, that the Asita Hayashav Hatov is equivalent in inter- interpersonal relationships to Kedoshim Tehiyu. As mentioned earlier, the Ramban in Kedoshim explains that a person can keep all of the mitzvahs and yet be a Menovel Torah. This means that he is careful not to transgress any mitzvahs, but at the same time he has no interest in elevating himself in areas that are not intrinsically mitzvahs or sins, such as eating and sleeping. The underlying reason behind this lifestyle is that he believes that the Torah is true and therefore must be observed, but he does not subscribe to the true Torah outlook. He has no interest in elevating himself spiritually. Rather, his goals are very much this-worldly, involving such aims as fulfilling his physical desires and attaining wealth. Because of his recognition of the truth of the Torah, he will never deliberately sin. Nevertheless, he will show no interest in elevating himself in areas that he is not technically obligated to do so. Similarly, in the realm of interpersonal relationships, a person may recognize the necessity of following the laws of the Torah. However, he has no desire to integrate into himself the values behind them. Thus, he will always adhere to the strict letter of the law, but whenever he has the opportunity to make a financial gain in a technically permissible fashion, he will not hesitate to do so. The Torah tells this person he is making a serious error, serious flaw, by instructing him to do what is right and good, to act beyond the letter of the law, to go above and beyond, to treat people in a merciful fashion, and not be medoctic on every case. The Torah is instructing us that we should develop a genuine sense of love of our fellow and thereby treat him in the same way that we would want them to treat us, to be forgiving and compassionate. Thus, for example, when someone has lost a valuable object, a Jew should not hesitate to return it, even if he is not obligated to do so. When a poor person finds himself owing you a large amount of money, a person should act with a degree of flexibility and compassion. We can fix the whole world if we start by ourselves to go above and beyond to incorporate the generosity mindset. It all starts today. It all starts with you. Be kind, be generous, be an above and beyond person for those around you. We must do whatever we can to go above and beyond the letter of the law or the strict law of what is mandated of us. We must help everyone around us to become generous by nature, to be true and ingrained givers in all aspects of our lives to all those around us. Go above and beyond. Learn to have the generous mindset ingrained into your very being and make sure to do so today. Sources pl- explain why it's so important also, beside for the introductory sources as well. A great matter and best in the flame of 
explains that the great importance of acting beyond the letter of the law is clear. In fact, the Gemara states in Bracho 7 that Hashem prays that he should act with Neymashur Sadin. Revolter Wurzberger reports that Rav Yosef Dov Salvechik once said, Halacha is not a ceiling but a floor. You're supposed to go higher and higher. Rav Herzog insists that Lefnei Meshur Sadin, an expression of kindness within our legal framework, characterizes our true ideal. Going above and beyond should be in all aspects of our life and the world at large. The standard itself is what should be considered the floor, and to go higher and better is even better than that. Rashi in Devarm talks about doing what is right and good. The Pasuk we mentioned earlier refers to a compromise acting beyond the strict demands of the law. Bava Metziah talks about referring to acting beyond the letter of the law. Rabbi Yochanan talks about this element that we spoke about earlier. The Yerushalayim was destroyed only for the fact that the educated cases on the basis of Torah law in the city. They established the rulings on the basis of Torah law and did not go beyond the letter of the law. But Metzion 30b also talks about how when it talks about you should teach them, the Brisa parses the various directives in the verse you shall teach them, that is referring to the structure of their livelihood, to teach the Jewish people trades so that they can earn a living, to do what they can, to go beyond just being self-sufficient, but really being involved in taking care of themselves in all aspects of their life. Going beyond the minimum, beyond the basis, beyond the floor is really what we should do using our time our money, our resources, and our abilities to go above and beyond to help those surrounding us with a generous mindset. Ramban, Nachmanis in Devarm, talks about that when you do what is good in Hashem's eyes, it will be good for you because God brings what is good to those who are good and right in their hearts. Our rabbis in the beautiful Medrash in Baba Kama 108 talk about referring the compromise acting beyond the strict demand of the letter of the law. The Ramban, Rambam also, Maimonides, and Shemona Prakam talks about this is what the rabbis hint in their saying, do more than the strict letter of the law demands. The Bartonura points out in Pirkei Avos 5.10 also how we could see this mindset. Arba midos pa'adam ha'omer shali shali v'shalcha shalacha zumida benonis v'yesham zumida stom shali shalcha v'shalcha shali ama'aretz shali shalcha v'shalcha shalcha chasid shali shali v'shali v'shalcha shali rasha. Obviously the best is shali shalcha v'shalcha shalcha. That's the chasid. Mine is yours and yours is yours is a chasid. He benefits men, the partner talks about, with his possessions, and he does not benefit from the possessions of others. He is a chassid, acting above and beyond the letter of the law. Going above and beyond the letter of the law. Bartonu points out earlier in Perkovus in 2.9, the trade of chassid is doing above, what is above and beyond the letter of the law is good, but one who is not a chassid based his conduct on the, Torah, on the law of the Torah obviously is not wicked, but it would be even better to go beyond, to go above and beyond as much as you can in your life. Rabbeinu Yonah teaches us in Perkei Avos 2.9, the question he asks his students, what is the best path that a person should do? Where should people go? How should they act? What should they do in their lives? What is that straight path the person should cling to? From all the good and all the straight paths that a person should cling to, he means to say to cling to one trait to be complete with it, as it is better for a person to grab one trait in full, that it become easy for him to reach all of the important traits via it, than as being someone with attempted mastery of many traits, and he is not complete in any of them, and that this is what Rabbi Lezer said, a good eye. He means to say, the good eye 
is the trait of generosity, which is a fine and praiseworthy trait. You know, I and Tov, that's the best thing to have because you can have a good heart, you have a good eye, you can be a good friend, you can be a good neighbor, you can look towards the future and think about other people. Do what you can to be that chassid in our own actions, in our own lives. <laughs> Being a pious person who goes beyond this simple help is what we should all aspire to. Having the generous nature can lead us to do for others more than necessary and to be a chassid. It might seem harder to be a chassid, to be involved in chassidus, but we're not talking about that type of chassidus. We're talking about that kind of a person that can really be having that pious level in their life be having that aspect into their life where they could really go above and beyond and do for others and care for others more than what is required of them, more than what is obligated of them. Mission Kedushan talks about Whoever does one mitzvah above and beyond his merits so that his merits are more than his transgressions is benefited. His days are lengthened in the world to come. And he inherits the land, the land of life. Mechot Rabbi Shmuel points out the deed that they shall do. The good act, the performance of mitzvah, sees the words Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Elazar, Hamodai says, You shall apprise them. Make known to them the house of their life. Instruct them in the earning of a livelihood. The way, the visiting of the sick, they shall go. The burial of the dead. Into the practice of loving kindness and the deed, the law, they shall do above and beyond the letter of the law doing what you can different aspects to mimic Hashem to imitate what Hashem does to do good in this world always Penini Halacha and Zaman points out that a candle enables them to remember and publicize the miracle of Milk of Hanukkah which we just had and I'm so sad that it's over those who go above and beyond this light one candle for every adult member of the household and of course we go Malam because we're reading like Beis Hillel everyone has a room everyone does the 44 candles or so including the Shamash 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 Think about going beyond and above for mitzvahs, not just for Hanukkah, to do mahajimin and mahajimin in general for mitzvahs, for Torah learning and for chesed as well. And you think about what type of menorah some people use. Some people go above and beyond to buy a menorah made of gold or silver, although I think that a, a crystal one would be very beautiful too. One who does not have a menorah may stick candles onto a flat surface and light them, but of course that's not the above and beyond aspect of Hanukkah of being involved in the Mahajan and Mahajan. We should take that aspect of Mahajan and apply it to all facets of our life. The Mahajan and Rosh Hashanah points out in the Amidah, the pious are those whose attachment to Hashem is so great that they serve Him in ways which are even beyond and above the precisely ordained commands of the Torah. Pinyalacha points out in Shabbos, those who go above and beyond spend even more and they receive great reward for this. Pinei Lecha and Zmanim also point about those who listen to the Miguel from the reader one should not read along with him from a printed Burr version. Those who go up above and beyond purchase a kosher Megillah from which they can read. So we should go above and beyond in observance of mitzvahs and in executing them. Don't just get a simple menorah or low-level little love. Spend on them, beautify the mitzvahs, and elevate them as much as you can. Go above and beyond for good, for chesed, for mitzvahs, and God, God forbid, not God forbid, to hurt or harm others. Gemara points out in Sota 38b, Rabbi Yeshua Malavi says, one may give a cup of blessing to recite the blessing of the of Birchasmaz only to someone with a good eye, a generous person, because it says, one who has a good eye will be blessed, Yivarach, for he gives of his bread to the poor from the Mishlein. Do not read it will be blessed, rather read it will bless, Yivarach. Not Yivarach, but Yivarach, which of course we could do when looking at different words, because you could change the Nekudos, because these words are written without the Nekudos. 
The Gemara points out in Sukkah 49b, the reward for charity is paid from Hashem, from heaven, only in accordance with the kindness and generosity included therein, and in accordance with the effort and the consideration that went with it. And Nadarm points out, the Gemara Nadarm on 38a, Moshe himself treated the Torah with generosity and gave it to the Jewish people. And about him the Pasuk says, He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, and he, as he, gives of his bread to the poor. The whole Torah is generous. It was given to us as a generous gift. And countless examples throughout the Torah showing how we're supposed to go above and beyond, supposed to do what we can to help others, to be careful for others, and to be kind to others. It's not good just to be the strict minimum. That should just be a starting parameter, a starting springboard where we should go higher and higher to do what we can. When we talked about this Mishnah earlier, Avos Rabbein also looks at it. Go forth and see which is the good way to which a man should cleave. Rabbi Elazar came and said a good eye, denoting generosity, freedom from envy, which is termed an evil eye. Of course, other other students said a good companion, a good neighbor. Four said a good heart. The best is Rabbi Elazar ben Arach, because a good heart is the best. Because really, in his words are yours. So really, that's the best to do, and that's the generous person, someone who can be a good friend, can be a good neighbor, and can be all those wonderful things. It means to say the trait of generosity, Rabbi Yonah points out, which is a fine and praiseworthy trait. Once he is at the peak of generosity, he'll certainly reach the other virtues as the trait comes in because of a broad heart and a good eye. This generosity can be generous, Rabbi Yonah points out, to people with his body and his heart to wish what they desire and to do their will. All the more so will he be generous to them with his money. Train yourself to have a good eye and a good heart to be generous towards others in all aspects with time, money, resources, and ability. Rashi points out in Devarim, when you talk about giving for the truma, the rabbis fix a quantity from them from a 60th to a 40th. If benevolent eye gives one 40th of the crop, above and beyond is one 40th, one out of every 40, a more stingy one gives one sixtieth, but a person of average generosity gives one fiftieth, going above and beyond is giving that one fortieth. Like giving Sadaka you could do ten percent, eleven, twelve, up to twenty percent they say, with the generous mindset and the generous idea. Rambam and Pirke Avos points out a parable is when a man gives a thousand gold coins at one time, very famous example to inculcate in a person a generosity mindset, a generosity way of life. A man has a thousand coins. If he gives a thousand gold coins at one time to one man to whom it is fitting, he does not give anything to another man, the trait of generosity will not come into his hand with this great act as much as it will come to someone who donates a thousand gold pieces a thousand times. Meaning, you could give a thousand gold coins to one person, or you could give one gold coin to a thousand people. Which one is better? The one gold coin to a thousand people, because each time he gives them, it's at a generosity. This one repeated act, the act of generosity, again and again and again, a thousand times makes a strong acquisition of the generous spirit, and it comes to him in this way, and it's like a muscle strengthening a spiritually giving muscle each time you do that. Dorucho Sadikim points out that generosity is that trait through which man can attain great heights when dedicated to the good. It is indeed most praiseworthy. There's nothing in the world like generosity, forgetting the world to love you, and even in the world to come, the generous man will receive a good reward because of his gifts. And they further say that there are three kinds of generosity. Generosity with money, 
Generosity with one's body and generosity with one's wisdom. All three were found in Avraham, our father. Generosity with one's body, that's someone that can be helpful, physically helpful, helping move furniture, helping carry groceries, helping with your physical hands. Generosity with money, financially helping people. Generosity with one's wisdom, giving advice, giving sage ways of helping people, talking people through different things. And he also points out the Orchot Sadikim, the verse literally refers to generosity. He who sows charity will reap its products, and he who has this quality will prosper, because it says there is a scatter, and yet it increases. The sages also said that the quality of generosity depends upon habit, for a man cannot be called generous unless he gives of his own free will at all times and at all hours. Every act you do for others to do for others with a generous spirit above and beyond trains the generosity muscles and makes you by definition into a more and more per generous person of nature and of spirit. The quality of generosity is one to cleave to, brings about all good things. The greatest type of generosity of all is he who gives of himself to a person in order to lead him to the eternal life of the world to come. This from the Ochas things, and a man should be careful with his wealth, should be generous where generosity is called for. Where do we first learn about generosity? One of the earlier examples, obviously, Avram himself, and Morma Avyase Harbein. Come, have a little bit of, of milk to drink, a little bit to eat, and he makes them a lavish, lavish meal. We also see this with Rivka. Rivka demonstrated, demonstrated generosity of spirit when she not only gave water to Eliezer and his men, and his men but also to his camels. And she immediately volunteered lodging. And the camels, by the way, mind you, was a very, very arduous task, filling up the trough of water again and again. They drank a lot, supposedly, a lot, a lot, a lot. And there were ten camels, a lot, a lot of water. The Kavayashra points out that a person must pray to the Holy One, to Hashem, that he incline his heart towards a level of generosity appropriate to his means, neither miserly nor spendthrift. Generosity is good. Charity is the generosity of the heart. The Lukuti Maran points out from every person as his heart urges him, you shall take the donation. Generosity is that heart that is open and benevolent. Generous in nature, generous in mindset, and generous in life. Do what you can to give it to those who have less than you. Doing what you can in your lifetime. Even what you have with you, you know, you can give someone a ride that's sachnasas or some generosity with your car. You know, hosting things, helping people, letting people sleep over, having people for meals, especially when they need it. That's generosity of house. That's your sachnasas or of your house. You can be generous in different aspects. But Abraham was known for the generosity of the wisdom, of the body, and of the financial means. He demonstrates his generosity when he brings generous portions of food to the messengers who are not even human, who visit his home. The righteous people, as Tillman points out, is generous and keeps giving. Tillman also points out he's always generous and lends his children are blessed. These are people that are generous in generosity of mindset, going above and beyond. And these kind of people enjoy prosperity. He who satisfies others shall himself be satisfied and will be blessed. All coming from Tehillim and from Mishle. Truma, we know, is the generous amount. Again, Mishnah Truma points out what we said earlier in the Gemara 140th is best when Bishamai says 130th. The average amount is 150th. The stingy amount is the 160th. Interestingly, Gemara and Shabbos 156a, he who is born on a Thursday, he who is born on the fifth day of the week will be generous. What is the reason? Because the fish and the birds were created there, which are fed by God's loving kindness. I challenge you to look in a calendar what day of the week you were born. There's a fascinating Gemara 
that was that shows like what each day of the week is relevant to. If you're born on Shabbos, it says one thing: holy person. You're born on Thursday, a, a Friday, or you want to give to people. I'm not going to tell you what day I was born on, but if you're born on a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday or a Shabbos, there's some aspect, there's some media, there's some aspect that actually influences you and your nature. It's fascinating to look it up, to go look for that Gemara. challenge you to go look at the Gemara, and it's very interesting. Also, the months, the different aspects of the different months, go look at that. Being a generous person leads to having a blessed, full life. Train ourselves to be generous, to go above and beyond, and life will feel even richer and full of blessings, fulfillment, and happiness. Save for the Seder Mahamodos talks about being generous with the money. As a master said, Eov was generous with his money. He used to leave with the shopkeeper a Peruta coin of his change as a tip in addition to whatever he bought. The person who can be generous and kind, the most possible extreme of generosity and kindness to those who are deserving and those who are not deserving, and this generosity and kindness is continuous, never ending without interruption, is very good to have in his life. Being generous of mind and generous of spirit, having a good heart is one of the best qualities to have in life, to have in the aspect. You know, there's a famous Gemara. The Gemara talks about an aspect of, I forget where it is, but... We'll look at the, the Radak first and go from there. The Radak talks about in Abaratius that it says in Devarim, Shemur Tishmur, talking about different verbs, different kinds of examples in the Torah, different repetitions for emphasis. The Gemara in Kasuvos 50 talks about a formulation used in a Pasuk as a teaching that if one wants to be generous in his donations to charity and holy causes, one should not give away more than 20%, we mentioned before, of one's wealth in order not to become an object of charity himself. Is carelessly squandering wealth given to one by God. The words Aser to Asrenu, Aser Asrenu is understood by the Talmud as applying to two tithes of ten each. The idea is Asher Aser Bishvil Shatit Asher, Asher Aser Bishvil Ta Aser, tithe in order to become wealthy. Where do we see this? The Gemara talks about here it is in Shabbos 119. Rabbi Huda Nasi raised a dilemma before Rabbi Shmal, son of Rabbi Yossi, with regard to the wealthy of Israel, of Eretz Yisrael, by what virtue do they merit their wealth? He said to them, because they tithe, as it says, a tithe shall you tithe, aser to aser, from all the crops of your seed that come out of the field each year. And this comes from Devarim, Yudalad Chafbet. The sages interpreted this homiletically. Take a tithe Aser, so that you will become wealthy. Titasher. Again, pause. I cannot guarantee this as a formulation. There are many people that give a lot of tzedakah that struggle majorly. I don't know the formulation, how it exactly works. But it says it here in the Gemara. Take a tithe so that you will become wealthy. It's apparently the only aspect that you could challenge Hashem. There's a famous passage in uh, one of the prophets also. Like, give tithes and see if Hashem will open the, the storehouses of the heavens for you. Take a tithe and aser so that you will become wealthy. Tit asher. He asked with regard to the wealthy of Babylonia who are not obligated to tithe by what virtue do they merit their wealth. He said to him because they honor the Torah and the sages in Babylonia. And again in Tanis 9a it comes up. What is the meaning? A tithe shall you tithe. Taaser from Deuteronomy. The phrase from Dvarim can be interpreted homiletically. Take a tithe so that you will become wealthy in the merit of the mitzvah. Rabbi Yochanan found the young son of Rish Lakish. She said to the boy, recite to me your verse. The verse he studied in school, the boy said, A tithe shall you tithe, aser ta'aser. The boy further said to Rabbi Yochanan, But what is the meaning of the phrase, A tithe shall you tithe? Rabbi Yochanan said to him, The verse means, Take a tithe so that you will become wealthy. 
The boy said to Rabbi Yochanan, where do you drive this is so? Rabbi Yochanan said to him, go and test it. The boy said to him, is it permitted to test God? We said this before. Is it permitted to test God? Isn't it written, you shall not test the Lord of God? Rabbi Yochanan said to the boy, Rabbi, Yosh- Rabbi Hoshea said as follows, it is prohibited to test God in any way, except in the case of ties, as it is stated. This comes from Malachi, that's the prophet. Bring the whole tithe into the storeroom, that there may be food in my house, and test me now by this. Said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, which we referenced before, and pour out for you a blessing, that shall be more than sufficiency. This comes from Malachi. Tithe so that you should become rich. The Medrash Tanchum Abubar explains in Re'ei, you shall surely tithe, tithe so that you may become rich. Here, the letters of the roots translated, tithe and become rich are identical. It's a hint for those who sail the seas also to take out a tenth for those who labor in Torah. That's from Medrash Tanchum the Hebrew. The idea of tithe in order to become wealthy the only time we can test God. When we talk about becoming wealthy, by giving tithes to Siddhaq, it may not just be talking about money, maybe it's also, as Perkyovus teaches in 4.1, who is rich, he was content, happy with his lot. A person who gives to others can become happy with what he has by truly seeing how generous Hashem is with him, providing him with the exact spouse, kids, job, house, car, materials, needs that he needs, especially appreciating more what he has by giving to others that they don't have or they don't need that he already has. I already talk about this phrase a lot. There's a famous phrase that I often live by. Money comes and money goes. But happiness, memories, taking care of your spouse and kids, that's what really matters and really stays. A show that I'm actually very fascinated by currently is called Tiny House Nation. They also have Tiny House uh, Mansion. It's a show where basically people are majorly minimizing, majorly bunking down, and like minimalizing their entire life. And these people... For various reasons, or whatever, financial or what, they go down to literally 300 square foot. If you think a 1,200 square foot is is small, minus the attic, minus the basement, you know, by American standards, which is ridiculous, think about these people that their entire living structure, including any loft or any side thing that pops out, is 300 square feet. They fit in everything, and there are, of course, people who don't do this move but they have to do it because they live in a in a one bedroom, a two bedroom. It might not be a thousand feet. It might be X number of feet. There's always people that you could compare, you could think about. Oftentimes we look to people that have more, but how often do we think about what we have and how many people there are in the world that have less? There's a famous phrase from the Red Cross that if you have money in your bank account, even a few dollars, you have clothing on your back, a roof over your head, you're richer than 99% of the world. Oftentimes we only think about these really rich people in America with their 6,200 square feet, 17 bedroom homes, but that's not the norm. Many people throughout Africa, throughout South America, throughout many countries don't even have a house. They live in a hut. They live in a tent. They have nothing. Not a living room, not a dining room, not a kitchen, not a bedroom, nothing. Not a bathroom. They have an outhouse, maybe. If they think about what really matters, what really stays, Ezehu Ashir HaSameach Bechalko. You could go above and beyond when you think about what really matters, what really is important, what really should be done, and what really should be performed for others, and what should be done to help others. Listen to this fascinating story from Shabbos 156b, one of the heroes of the Talmud, in my opinion, Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva talks about a story that happens that 
his daughter is going to get married. Chaldean astrologers told him that on the same day that she enters the wedding canopy, a snake will bite her and she will die. She was very worried about this, obviously. On that day, her wedding day, she took the ornamental pin from her hair and stuck it into a hole in the wall for safekeeping, and it happened that it entered directly into the eye of a snake. In the morning when she took the pin, the snake was pulled and came out with it. Rabbi Kiva says to her father, What did you do to merit being saved from the snake? She told him in the evening a poor person came and knocked on the door and everyone was preoccupied with the feast and nobody heard him. I stood. I took the portion that you had given me and I gave it to him. Rabbi Kiva said to him, You performed a mitzvah and you were saved in its merit. Rabbi Kiva went on a top base in this incident. Even though it is written that charity will save from death, it does not mean it will save a person only from an unusual death, but even from death itself. The bride herself could have been preoccupied in many different things. She could have sent a servant. She could have pulled someone from the party, got anyone else involved. But she herself went above and beyond, and it literally saved her from death. Be as generous as possible. Do as much as we can to be saved from death, which never know from such things, with using tzedakah as a way to do so. The Machasar teaches us on the Amenorum Tshuva Tzvilat Tzedakah and Lavir Nasroa In fact, Rabbi Razner talks about Fascinating in Shalom Rav and Parshas Kisisa, the Gemara in Shabbos 151b records that Rachia used to instruct his wife when a poor person comes collecting. Make sure to give him food quickly, even before he asks so that he will treat our children in kind. Rachia's wife was troubled by this comment. Why are you cursing me? She asked, our children don't need handouts. Rachia responded that a person's financial status is never certain. How true that is. And is always subject to change. Also very true. In one generation, family may be wealthy or poor, but in the next generation or a few later, they may be in the opposite state. Financial status is a galgal hazor, a wheel of fortune. The Torah uses the word vinatenu, explains the Vilna going in the parsha by giving the half shekel to teach to preemptively give tzedakah, and that the word is a palindrome, reading the same way backwards and forwards, vinatenu, vinatenu, to show that financial status goes around and around like a wheel of fortune. Why a half shekel, though? The Vilna points out that we know that charity saves from death, but there's an allusion to the idea in the Hebrew spelling of the machasitz itself, mem chet Tzadi Yud Taf, the middle of the word Machatzis, is the Tzadi, which alludes to the word Tzedakah, while the two letters surrounding it in the innermost ones are Yud and Chet, which stand out for Chai, while the outermost letters are Mem and Taf, which spell Mace. Thus, teaching Tzedakah gives life and keeps away death. A generous person, a good person, is someone who gives without expecting in return, gives without wanting compensation in return, not needing anything in return. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar shows that this was Avraham, had the generous disposition, gave to others, did what he could to be that generous person. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar also points out that God feels close to people who are generous of heart, generous of nature. The more generous you are, the more you give, the more you go above and beyond, the more Hashem will be closer to you. And the more Hashem will love what you do in this world. A person should give out of habit. A person should give out of habit, free will at all times, as much as he can, to be that person who trains that generous muscle, not just with his money, but with his time, with his energy going out of his way for people, bearing their yoke, as the Orchot Sadiqim points out, visiting the sick, feeling pain for other people, and empathizing with other people, rejoicing in their joy, doing kindness for the dead, everyone knowing that it's the knowledge of Torah, teaching every man knowledge and drawing their hearts toward heaven. This is the greatest type of generosity of all, one who could lead others to the world to come. we got to go above and beyond in all ways, in all aspects, to do what we can, giving all the things we have, even books, items, and the like. And the Shnei Luchos points out when a man resists the natural inclination to be hard, 
hard-hearted, trains himself to be generous of a giving nature, he endows material goods he possesses with holiness. And the Kaviyasha talks about when a person has guests in his home, let be generous to the guests, give him more than for yourself. And understand the Flames of Faith talks about how people can be generous, and that is a divine experience through giving a charity. We need to be generous by our very nature. Go above and beyond. Do what we can for those around us. Be chesed-oriented. Use what we can to be more than the minimal. Use that as a basis to go above and beyond. Be a chesed in our actions and our lives. Be a pious person who goes beyond. This simple help to give for others, to do for others, to give in our lives. Go above and beyond. Not only for Hanukkah, be mahajim, mahajim, know all aspects of our, of our life. Don't just get a simple menorah or low-level lulav, spend on them, beautify the mitzvahs, and elevate them. Go above and beyond for good, for chesed, for mitzvahs, for Torah. Train yourself to have a good eye, to have a good heart, to be generous to others with time, money, resources, and abilities. Do what you can. Every act makes you have a generous spirit. Make sure to train that generous muscle in your life. Uh, one gold coin to a thousand people rather than a thousand gold coins to one person. Do good for others. Be generous with others in mind and spirit. Be generous in life to have a blessed full life. Train ourselves and others to be generous. If we give to others, Hashem will make sure you have what to give to others. The idea of tithe is order to be wealthy. Aser b'shvil to share. The only time we can test Hashem. Be as general as possible, as generous as possible. Do as much as we can. The more generous you are, the more you give, the more you go beyond beyond the strict letter of the law. Hashem will be closer to you, and we can feel closer to Him as well. Go above and beyond in all aspects with all things, even books and items. Push ourselves to be generous by nature, to go above and beyond, to help all we can to make this life so much better. We see it in our days, we see it in our times, we see it throughout the, the world, especially in these difficult, difficult times in Israel. We see these major organizations stepping up. Shai Grouch himself is a fascinating, beautiful example of going above and beyond, doing it for people. Someone asked him for a birthday party, he went all out. Someone asked him for a guitar, he went and got him the most expensive guitar. They asked for iPads, he got hundreds of hundreds of iPads, people doing greatness. And many months ago, in the beginning of this difficult time, a person went to the airport and sponsored hundreds of tickets of people just to go. There is a way to go above and beyond. We can do what we can, give a little more to Tzedakah, give a little more of time to people, give a little more resources of your ability to people. Do what we can to be generous, to be kind, to go above and beyond. You won't lose out for doing so. The whole world will be better for doing so. And we can really light up the whole world through kindness, through actions, through doing good, and through bringing good Goodness to the world. If we can do good and bring good and make sure that we have such goodness in the world, maybe we could finally be Zochem to see Mashiach come speedily in our days with the coming of the third base of Megdash and Eliyahu Navi announcing everybody. And may that day, in fact, be today. This has been Tani Talks Radio, where we talk about a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.